We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am here, as always, with Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome. It is good to be back for an extra special Friday edition of the pod. It is, in fact, extra special. Season two is upon us, and it is definitely a massive pleasure to get to kick off the second season. It has been a blessing to be part of this project, and there are so many people who are so much more talented than myself that are a part of this, and I would be remiss if we didn't take the time to issue an immense thank you to Andy Herman for leading this whole thing. And I would be willing to bet that I've listened to like 200 or more of the 365 episodes. And it has been a fantastic way for me to pass long car rides uh, or to listen while I'm working out. Um, But one year ago, and, and I remember this very distinctly, I got to listen to episode two, which was Kyle and my very first episode in the waiting room at the hospital while my wife was having surgery, ironically, by Packers team doctor, Pat McKenzie. And that really helped to me to pass a lot of ner- nervous minutes. So we hope you've enjoyed your one as much as we have, and we are not planning to stop anytime soon. 
If you get a chance, please go out and follow us on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit for Kyle and at Andrew Mertig for myself. This is a passion project for all of us who host and interacting with fans is what makes this worthwhile. So if you could please share the podcast with your family, your friends, your coworkers, that really helps us out. And the more listeners we get, the better product we can bring to you every day. So follow and rank the podcast on your favorite streaming service. Um, but that is enough publicity. Kyle, what do we have in store for the listeners this week? Well, since it is such a special episode with kicking off Season 2 of the podcast, and since we now have arrived at the beginning of Packers training camp, we want to get everyone up to speed on what we as fans should be expecting as we start to follow training camp. And so today, we're going to talk about some of the positional battles that we should be keeping our eyes on, some breakout candidates to watch, and then Andrew and I want to bless you, our faithful listeners, with our very own super sleeper selections as the Packers begin training camp. But we are not alone tonight. That sounds like an extraterrestrial reference, but it's not. We are joined by our fearless leader and pioneer of the Pack-A-Day podcast, Andy Herman. Andy, welcome to the Friday edition of the show. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I, I was actually coming on with us kicking off, uh, you know, the start of season two, you know, to actually cancel the podcast. But, you know, with Andrew, <laughs> and today, you know, I just can't bring myself to do it anymore. So I guess we'll keep going for season two and and keep things going. Now, that was that was uh, quite the intro, Andrew. And that's a uh, that's a really cool story. I, obviously, not that your wife had to have surgery, but uh, just in general that, uh, you know, just another way that. Uh, um, hopefully this podcast has been able to, you know, like you said, get people through long car car rides or surgeries or, you know, hopefully uh, bring some amazing uh, Packers news and stories to people that are looking for it as well. So uh, I if you would have told me that we would be where we're at today after just year one and have so many of the amazing guests that we've had and have the team that we've put together uh, collectively, uh, it it beyond, beyond, beyond uh, shatters any expectations that I had for this. And certainly you guys are a huge part of that and hosting every single Friday and holding down the fort. And uh, I don't think uh, maybe one of you missed one episode, I, but I, either that or everyone you guys have made. Guilty. Everyone. It's, it's been yeah. pretty close. Yeah, that's what I thought. But hey, Andrew, all right, let, let me ask you guys this. Do you guys want to take a guess on how many of the, the 365 episodes that I've listened to in full? Oh, um. 300. 365. Uh, it is about almost exactly 300. And had I not, yeah. had, the, uh, had, I not had the gallbladder surgery, a huge chunk of the episodes that I missed was, was during that time frame, uh, just while I was kind of out of commission and not driving around so much. So that's about uh, the extent of it. But I've caught about 300 episodes in full, and uh, it's it's been amazing. And like you said, I've certainly learned a, a tremendous amount from all the great guests that we and, and hosts that we have on our team. Gallbladders are the worst, so we're glad you got that taken care of and that that will no longer get in the way of your football consumption and the Pack-A-Day <laughs> podcast. But uh, I, I have two things to say really quick, Kyle. Number okay. one, if you have to get your ACL repaired, finding out that Pat McKenzie is in network for you, pretty awesome, right? <laughs> okay, because like people cool. from the NFL fly into Green Bay to get their, their ACLs done. Number two, you heard it from Andy. I single-handedly saved this podcast, so all of you can thank me. <laughs> Absolutely. We did decide that there's probably no better way to kick off season two than with Andy Herman, unless Aaron Rodgers had responded to our direct messages, which he has not. But Andy, we are super excited that you are with us for today's show. <laughs> 
I'm, I mean, uh, I'm everybody's plan B uh, in <laughs> most cases. So if, if it's Aaron Rodgers, that's plan A. I'm totally cool with being plan B. Yeah, and we definitely would have accepted Aaron Rodgers and probably Matt LaFleur, maybe Jordy Nelson or Jerry Kramer or Donald Driver. Probably like Martellus Bennett too, <laughs> though. Like, I don't know. Or the fence painter guy or maybe um, the dude that said – the Packers got to be better this year with that LaFleur guy at the gas station to me. But but instead, we have Andy Herman. And I, have, Andy... I, actually, I have a new assignment for you guys. Uh-oh. Uh, in, in the next year, speaking of great great guests to have, I want you to find the guy that uh, after the draft went up to Ted Thompson and told him that he was now bringing the team to the toilet bowl instead of the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's the guy that you need to find and have on and get his hot takes Oh, of what the Packers are going to do going forward. Oh, that'd be really good. a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> I have but, faith in you guys. But Andy is coming fresh off a Cheesehead Live show with Aaron Nagler, so everybody should make sure to check that out. Um, so hanging out with a bunch of scrubs like us must really feel like slumming it. <laughs> Not at all. You guys are the, you guys are amazing. I appreciate you having me on. So thanks for taking the time and uh, just catching us up here on, on training camp stuff. And so speaking of training camp, we do just want to start as much as we can with some of your takeaways from today and just uh, kind of see what you thought um, and your observations from day one of training camp. Yeah, so I, I talked a little bit. So I actually did uh, a little bit uh, with Ross Uglum a little bit before that's posted on Cheesehead TV and then just talked to Aaron a little bit. And one of the things that I kind of took away from today is that today felt like uh, the family getting back together. It felt like a little bit of a feeling out process. You know, there were certainly periods that had very high tempo. But you could tell everyone's just kind of getting acclimated, getting back together, seeing what Matt LaFleur's, you know, kind of system and how his training camp's going to be run. So there was definitely an aspect of that to it. Uh, but there were also uh, the big takeaway that I had was the last the very last team period, which was red zone. And so what happened is they had kind of gone through about two hours of practice. And then at the very end, they uh, gathered everyone together like they normally do to end practice. But it, it, usually they're kneeling down and actually they were standing up and it kind of faked me out. And I thought they were going to be done with practice. And then all of a sudden they broke the huddle and the music cranked and they went into red zone. And it was just way more intense than I remember uh, really any other practice period that I've been at. And it, it pretty much started out with a Blake Martinez interception and then Kyler Fackrell had an interception. And the, the, the period just got very intense and uh, you could tell it was uh, a lot of competition going on. So I appreciated that aspect of it. Um, and then there were just, you know, kind of little takeaways and little storylines. I thought one of the big ones was Josh Jones. And um, I'll be totally transparent. I, I didn't think that they were necessarily going to bring him back and fold him right back into things with kind of some just some of the way the offseason went. And he didn't participate in, in many camps or OTAs. And, I, 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 you know, it was, quote, unquote, an injury. It couldn't you, you couldn't really tell if it was just that he was disgruntled or if he was actually hurt. But he reported he was healthy. And he was in there with the number one nickel at linebacker. So I thought that was one of the more intriguing takeaways from today's practice. That's awesome. And I just wanted to ask you really quick, because I've seen some things on Twitter, just to kind of get your read on it. But it seemed like uh, Rashawn Gary had a pretty good day. You know, obviously it's day one. But I saw that he didn't necessarily look like a rookie out there was kind of uh, the buzz. So can you describe a little bit of uh, maybe what would make some people say something like that? Yeah, and I think obviously the caveat with these practices are that they're still not padded. So we want to definitely see what happens when the pads come on. But he carried over what I thought was a super impressive minicamp and OTA session uh, from earlier this uh, this offseason. And he just looks so quick off the jump. He uses his hands incredibly well. Uh, he fought off a double team in one period. 
Uh, there was another uh, period where he was against Alex Light, and he came around for a, a, what would have been a would-be sack. They ran kind of a little bit of a read option, and he was unblocked and would have had a stop in the backfield. Uh, he did have one rep where Jason Spriggs handled him pretty well, but uh, you know he just does not look like a rookie. And I made mention of this after uh, OTAs and uh, mini camps is uh, about 11, 12 years ago. Um, it wasn't quite that long. It was when Clay Matthews uh, first got drafted. You know, when I when I went to mini camps and OTAs and training camp, the dude just with the rest of the linebackers looked different than everyone else. He looked at, to play at a different pace. He looked to play at a different speed. And I see a little bit out of that, out of another 52, Rashawn Gary, that they drafted in the first round this year. So still incredibly early, insanely early. And like I said, you want to see those pads come on, but some some really promising signs from from day one of camp. Absolutely. That's really exciting to hear. And I just said on the podcast last week that Rashawn Gary is someone that I, I just don't remember a player in recent history that was drafted that I was so frustrated about at the time of the selection. But then now I'm so optimistic about and excited to see how he fits in uh, going forward. So it'll be really exciting uh, to see Rashawn Gary and how he impacts the field this year. But uh, it's just really fun to talk about football again and Packers football. So uh, let's just keep going. Let's jump right in here and uh, talk about some positional battles to watch through camp because competition is a really good thing and it often brings out the best in players. Uh, but there are a few positions in particular uh, where it's easy to see some battles emerging and uh, maybe even for some significant playing time. So, uh, Andrew, uh, what is the battle that you're looking forward to watching the most? I think think the easy answer is wide receiver here and I've never been someone accused of trying to make things more difficult for myself than what I need to so that's what I'm going to go with uh first will Devontae Adams ascend to a clear-cut top five receiver in the NFL or as Aaron Rodgers would say a top three receiver which leads me to wonder who the other two are right like who does Aaron Rodgers like is it Antonio Brown is it Julio Jones is it AJ Green I don't know I don't know is DeAndre Hopkins we'll find out anyways um and of course who is the number two on this team and I'm on record of saying that Equinemius St. Brown will be a top 30 NFL wide receiver by the end of the season so he's gonna have to shine in camp to get enough snaps to accomplish that and uh, Geronimo Allison was quietly on his way to a really productive year last season and Marquez Valdez Scantling is the wild card in all of this I'm fairly certain Kyle was joking a year ago when we broke down the receiver group and he said that MVS was basically Randy Moss without the off-field concerns, but <laughs> he's certainly got the skill set to be a dynamic weapon. And Jamon Moore's development is going to be fascinating. Is he the guy who got all the praise last offseason and then could not catch a single thing? Will he show that every important year two growth, uh, or how important that year two growth is, um, or is he going to lose his spot to somebody like Jake Kumaro? And speaking of Kumaro, can he overcome osteoporosis? We don't know. <laughs> and does Alan Lazard have enough to challenge for that fifth spot? Because I don't think they're going to keep more than one of Jamon Moore, Kumaro, or Lazard. And Kyle has pointed out that Matt LaFleur team, um, or a Matt LaFleur coach team, has never kept more than six wide receivers. So is that sixth spot being held for a return specialist? Is that maybe Trevor Davis? Or will somebody like Darius Shepard or Jawil Davis or take a ready and make a push for that 
kind of jet sweep, kick and punt return guy, which is funny because I specifically wrote down those three names before they all appeared to show out at practice today. Um, But to me, this is a fascinating position because wide receivers two through four are probably set to make the roster. But what order are they in? And most years you're going to say there are four or five guys fighting for those last two roster spots. But this year, the fifth spot kind of seems like its own set um, and its own roster battle. You have Kumaro, you have Moore, you have Lazard. And then the sixth is also sort of a separate battle. And I'm really intrigued um, by all of that. And it creates a lot of fun for the fans. And um, they're going to get to watch Deshaun Kaiser and Tim Boyle create opportunities for these guys. So, Preseason is going to be fun. I did not pick wide receiver, but after hearing you talk about that position, I am even more intrigued about that because I love some of the guys at the bottom of that list. Uh, Kumaro, Lazard, Trevor Davis. There's not a lot of room on the roster for these guys, so it's going to be fun to watch them develop and try to set themselves apart and uh, to set them apart from the competition, to be the guy who stands out. But uh, for me, I will be watching the offensive line. Uh, We're pretty confident that David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga will be your starters at tackle, but the interior of this line is pretty much up in the air. I guess maybe not completely, but there are a lot of options here. We can assume that Billy Turner is going to be starting somewhere, most likely at right guard, but Lane Taylor's starting spot is far from safe in my opinion, especially considering that the Packers could be looking to move on from him in 2020 when he makes a lot of sense to cut. But with young guys like Cole Madison and Elton Jenkins chomping at the bit to get on the field, it'll be interesting to see how Lane Taylor holds up under pressure as the starter. But it's also really interesting to me that this week Brian Gutekunst stated that they feel Billy Turner can also play center. And we know Elton Jenkins can play center. And obviously Corey Lindsley is a very good player at center. But the Packers could save $8.5 million by cutting him before 2020. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this line battles and to watch them work with the new offensive line coach and to see which guys stick as the starters at the end of the day. But Andy, what about you? What are some of the position battles that will have your eye in the coming days of this camp? Yeah, to to be different, I was going to talk about quarterbacks. And and the reason I was going to talk about that is because I think after Aaron Rodgers, who's had some, you know, obviously injury issues as of late, I think you have a lot of question marks and, you know, I think, you know, Manny Wilkins today shows he has a live arm. You know, what he can do on top of that will be interesting to watch. You know, we know that Tim Boyle has the laser rocket arm and uh, that obviously I'm a huge fan. But uh, he threw a couple times into coverage again, which has been uh, unfortunately a little bit of an Achilles heel. And uh, one of those definitely should have been picked. So uh, I think that's got to be something that, you know, that the team has to take a look at. And Deshaun Kaiser did not look comfortable. And uh, unfortunately for Kaiser, uh, as he kind of made mention of today, this is now his third, you know, offense in three seasons in the NFL, which is not doing him any favors by any stretch of the imagination. But I think Andrew really has this one right. I think wide receiver is really the position that's that's so intriguing. And I feel fairly confidently, you know, obviously Devontae's the one. I feel like the two and three are going to be uh, Geronimo and, and MBS. I feel like the four is going to be EQ. And then I think things get really interesting after that. And I think after today, now, Receiver is a super, uh, you know, a super spot that you really have to be aware of where people can definitely flash with the pads off, and it's a totally different ballgame when the pads come on. But guys like Teal Redding, uh, Jawill Davis, uh, and uh, Darius Shepard, I thought all looked really good today at, at different moments of practice. And like I've said before, I don't know how any of those guys have a, a path to the roster when you're already having guys like Trevor Davis and Jake Kumaro and Jamon Moore, you know, fighting over one or two spots. 
Um, but I will say, you know, just at the at the first glance of things, I think Alan Lazard and Jamon Moore, those two guys specifically, have a lot of work to do. Those are two guys that what they've basically been doing is splitting the practice into two parts at times. One where you have the starters and the key rotational players practicing, and the other where you've got some of the rookies and the you know second and third tier guys. Um, and Jamon Moore, Alan Lazard, and uh, you know some of the other guys I mentioned, Jawel Davis and uh, Tio Redding, and those guys are are practicing with the second and third string guys. And really today, you know, Jamon Moore and Alan Lazard weren't the guys that were shining even in that group. It was again the the three that I mentioned before. So I think those guys really have to step it up. But I think that's what really makes this such an intriguing position is you really do have tremendous depth, and there really is a lot of different battles going on throughout that receiver depth chart. Yeah, so um, lots and lots of things to watch for. Certainly, there's even more position groups that that we want to pay attention to um, over the next four to five weeks. But um, now we wanted to switch focus a little bit and discuss who the player is that you would be banging the table for because you think that they are about to break out. And for me, I kind of ruined this earlier, but it is Equinemius St. Brown. And I just can't talk about him enough. I was in love with him in the pre-draft process um, in 2018 and was just over the moon when they finally picked him. And, I mean, he's 6'6". He has 4'4 speed. He has good hands. He has the intelligence and work ethic to be a star in this league. And, oh, yeah, he's just 22 years old. So, really, this probably should be his rookie campaign. Um, And he was already showing... Like he belonged as an NFL player during 2018. And of course, there was the beautiful sideline catch against the 49ers where he seemingly defied his own body's anatomy to reach back, make a catch, and get out of bounds. But the play I'm talking about, Kyle already knows what I'm going to say because I've brought this up so many times. We covered this preseason game, but um, last year in the preseason, ESB catches a short in-breaking route, probably five yards from the line of scrimmage. And then he sticks his foot in the dirt pivots back the other way and just bursts upfield. And I am not exaggerating that he looked like a 6'6 Randall Cobb. It was a simple play. It probably gained 15 or 20 yards. Didn't look like the biggest deal in the world, but it was so impressive. And I know Geronimo is going to get some pub as wide receiver too. And certainly MVS is everybody's breakout candidate. But give me Equinemius all day long. In, in fact, I am going to reiterate that he is going to be a top 30 wide receiver in the NFL by the end of the year. So how's that for a hot take? Boom. Um, Andy, why don't you tell us who your breakout candidate is? So, so let me, I just want to clarify first. So uh, is that your Kendall Donerson of uh, 20? Oh, that's a good question. See, now, Kendall Donerson was like my super sleeper last year. Okay. Okay. But I, yeah, if if I have an offensive version of Kendall Donerson, it is equanimous. All right, I'll 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 note that down. You you have you have to you have some coming back to do, Andrew, because you know Kyler Fackrell versus Kendall Donerson, you know, last year, you know, you you the, the, this year, <laughs> the same Brown. We I'm, we I'm don't say around. the f we don't say the f word on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. You have a, such a strong brand, Andrew. Everybody knows. <laughs> You know, because because my guy, Tim Boyle, as you know, had a monster season last year that everyone still talks about to this day. So and came on the show. I can't get Kendall Donnerson on the show and his mom follows me on Twitter. So I'm doing something wrong. I'm pretty sure Jason Spriggs was my brand last year. So we all know how that went. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. As, as everyone's turning 
off the podcast. No, yeah, right. So, uh, no, I think this is a guy that I've been keeping my eye on now for uh, through this off season so far, and I'm not I'm not ready to pull the trigger quite yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tease it, and that's James Crawford, and uh, I've seen some flash plays out of him, and I'm I'm getting ready to to put the the Andy Herman stamp on this guy because this is this is kind of your your classic path for the undrafted guy, right? So. He actually wasn't even in their initial group of undrafted free agents last year. He kind of came in a little bit after the fact. And then he just basically tore it up on special teams. He played like a bat out of hell and made his name and said, I'm, I'm going to make this roster and I, I don't care what I have to do. And he became that battering ram on special teams. And that's where he was going to make his mark. And now all of a sudden he's worked his way up that depth chart a little bit. He played a total of one snap last year. However, uh, he finds himself in an interesting spot now where it's basically Blake Martinez, Oren Burks, who we don't have any idea right now of, of how good Oren Burks is going to be, or if he's going to be a, a mainstay on this defense, or if he's, you know, a, a third round bust. We don't, we don't know. He could be a pro bowler. He could be a bust. And we just don't know at this point. Um, and then it's really James Crawford. And I've seen, I've seen enough now where he's really piqued my interest. So like I said, I'm not, I'm not ready to put the full stamp, but I'm, I'm my half of my foot is out the door. And I'm ready to put the, you know, the Andy Herman flag right in the middle of James Crawford's chest. Wow. That is, I I never would have guessed that of all the players. I know it's, it's an interesting one, but I just, I like, I I like what I see. He's, he's an intense guy. He's got good measurables. I I, actually, I'm not, I'm going to be totally transparent. I have no idea what his like RAS is and stuff like that. The eye test on the field tells me that his measurables are at least good enough. Um, He's fluid enough. He's intense enough. It's just like one of those guys where like all of a sudden they come out of nowhere and like, let's say, I'm not going to say Blake Martinez goes down because that can't happen, but let's say Oren (laughs) Burks or somebody else goes down and all of a sudden he finds himself playing, you know, 30, 40 snaps a game out of nowhere. And I could just see him embracing that. And all of a sudden you end up with this player that you didn't think you had anything. And all of a sudden he's a really solid starter in the middle of your defense. It would not surprise me. So I'm, I'm really keeping my eye on him. That is really, really interesting and definitely someone that I will now pay a little bit more of attention to because he was not really on my radar as that guy to take that step this year. So definitely I'll tuck that one away. But my breakout guy is Josh Jackson. And coming out of Iowa, I did not want the Packers to draft him with their first round pick because that's where he was projected to go. But I was super excited when they were able to get him in the second round. And what has me so optimistic about Jackson is that while he did have his ups and downs last season, he really did finish the season pretty strong. And even even more than that, the places where Jackson struggled and showed that he needed some time to grow are in places where I think he'll be able to show significant progress this year. First, it was well documented that Jackson struggled with being pretty grabby last season, and hopefully more time in the scheme will help him feel more comfortable and less panicked in coverage. But one other big way to put a big, you know, just to put a cornerback at ease and not feel like you have to grab your receiver at the top of their route is to have better pass rush. And the Packers certainly made an effort to upgrade their pass rush this offseason. So hopefully that is something that's felt by the secondary in general, but specifically Josh Jackson as he feels like he has more help up front. But the other thing with Jackson was simply his need to learn to play press man, which the Packers knew when they drafted him. So that inevitably was going to take some time. 
So between the upgrade, a pass rush, and just having a season under his belt and starting a second training camp, I'm optimistic that Josh Jackson is going to take a big jump this summer. And if you've ever heard him talk, it's very apparent that this is a young man who is driven and wants to be the best. So I have no doubt that he spent the offseason preparing for 2019 to really put himself in position to succeed. And so number 37 is someone I've got my eye on for 2019. But we, let's see, we can't wrap this show up without taking a deeper dive here and talking about some super deep sleeper candidates. These are guys that nobody's really talking about or expecting much from, but players that we think might surprise fans and might pop in training camp and preseason. So, Andrew, who do you have as your super sleeper this year? So, like, are these sleepers supposed to be, like, people nobody's ever heard of before? Because if so, I failed miserably. <laughs> we'll give you some grace there. Okay, Is it good. Kendall Donnerson again? <laughs> okay. That would be great. Just double down. So, I'm trying to weave Kendall Donnerson into every show. Um, but I couldn't pick him here because who's going to sleep on this guy? He's going to be a <laughs> pro bowler in a season. Not this Von year. Miller, the Von Miller twenty. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you brought it up, not All me, right? right? So right. nobody has to take a shot here. Kendall Donerson. Oh my gosh. Is the athletic equivalent of Von Miller. <laughs> every no every Friday. <laughs> right? Okay. Anyways, right. moving on. So to me, my guy is cornerback Tony Brown. Um, to me, he is the guy who is going to be the best special teamer for Green Bay by the end of the season. Even better than James Crawford. That's my prediction. Uh, Brown is an elite athlete at corner who actually likes to hit people, which is unusual. And I think he's eventually going to become a Pro Bowl caliber special teams by guy. He is just so dynamic as a gunner. And um, but to me, the real sleeper quality here is his ability to get on field, get on the field on defense. I can't talk right now. Um, I'm so excited about Tony Brown. <laughs> Tremont might eat into some of his snaps, but I think he can be a really impactful fourth corner. He can run with just about anybody in the league, and he has the toughness to match up with some tight ends. I get he needs to stop getting dumb penalties, but I don't like it when people say he needs to keep his emotions in check because the dude plays on emotions, and I love players like that. He just needs to go celebrate away from the opposing player <laughs> and not directly in their face. Um, so learn from Jair, right? Uh, Brown actually provides a luxury to the Packers they haven't had in a long time, and that is depth at cornerback. Um, that's more than just Brown, but that, that position group is as good as I remember it being in a very long time. All right. Yeah, I'm excited about Tony Brown, too. See what he can do this year. Uh, the guy I'm going to talk about is Curtis Bolton, the undrafted free agent linebacker from Oklahoma. So I went a little bit crazy here. But what's so interesting to me about Bolton is that he played for a Sooners defensive unit that was just atrocious. And so uh, he often went unnoticed. But I talked to several Oklahoma fans who told me that as bad as that Oklahoma defense was, Bolton always found a way to make plays and contribute as a solid player for that team. And Bolton is a really good athlete as well. He jumped 38 inches in the vertical. He ran a 4-5, 40 at the OU Pro Day. And so I'm hopeful that maybe 
as he finds himself surrounded by some better players and a better defensive scheme, Bolton might actually be a diamond in the rough that was overlooked a little bit because of the team that he played for. And so I'm optimistic that he might be in position to have maybe even a better pro career than he did at college one. So Curtis Bolton is my super, super deep sleeper. But uh, Andy, uh, who's your guy? Who are you uh, saying is a deep sleeper to make this roster this year? Yeah, well, first of all, I like both of those choices. First of all, friend of the podcast, Curtis Bolton. So we appreciate that. Yeah. He has to make the team uh, because we gave him Pack-A-Day podcast karma. So I like that pick a lot. And Tony Brown, somebody who uh, I thought was a draftable player in the in the 2018 or 2017 draft, 2018 draft, 2018 draft, whatever draft he was drafted. <laughs> um, 18. Yeah, 2018 draft. Um, I thought he was a draftable player. He, all of a sudden he signed on drafted free agent uh, deal out of, uh, you know, with the Chargers and didn't make it. Green Bay quickly picked him up. And to me, he, uh, he stood out immediately and is somebody that I think is absolutely ready to contribute. So I like both of those picks. My super, super sleeper, and I mentioned him a little bit earlier, is Teal Redding. And uh, I have no idea, again, how he has a path to the roster with all the talented receivers uh, that are on this team. And the thing I like is he's explosive. He has some returnability. I think he can make an impact on special teams. Um, and I just love the way that he's coming to camp and started to make a name for himself. Uh, he had a huge catch in, in OTAs. Uh, it was OTAs, I believe it was. He had a massive catch along the sideline that got pretty much the whole offense cheering for him uh, and the crowd cheering for him. And then uh, today he just took a little a little drag route and then he caught it and just exploded upfield. So uh, this is very similar to, to Robert Tanyan from a season ago in, in the fact that if you remember at the end of the 2017 season, Tanyan was picked up on the practice squad. They carried him over. They brought him back in camp in 2018. And then that's in, in, immediately in OTAs and minicamp. He started to show out. And that's where I noticed him and started saying, hey, you know, we need to keep an eye on this Robert Tanya guy. And it's the same exact story with T.O. Redding. They picked him up on the practice squad at the end of 2018, uh, carried him over into this offseason. And uh, very similarly, he's flashed some plays on the field. And he's somebody that's uh, earned a, a, certainly a second and third look for me when, when I've been keeping an eye on him out on the field. So, uh, I have, like I said, I, I don't know how he makes the 53. Um, I, I think definitely Tanyan had a, an easier path going back to last season uh, with all the, the, the talented receivers we already discussed on the podcast so far. But he's he's I'm excited about him. I think he can make his way on the practice squad and maybe we see him, you know, week 10, week 11, and, and hopefully he can make an impact at that point. Like I said earlier, it is just good that Packers football is back. We are excited to watch all these players and to see how things come together in 2019 for this team. And it's hard to believe that we are now in season two of the Pack-A-Day podcast. And we are just super thankful that Andy took the time to come on the show today. And we hope that all of you, our listeners, are just as excited for training camp and the preseason as we are here at the Pack-A-Day podcast. So make sure you stay connected in the coming days and weeks for the best Packers content that you're going to find. So thanks, Andy, for joining us today and for helping us kick off year two of the podcast. Yeah, you bet. Thanks so much, guys, for having me again. I appreciate all the work and effort that you guys put into everything. I have one last question for you guys. This is super important. So is this <laughs> is this season two, episode one, or is this episode 366? What oh. should the naming convention be going forward? That's that's the real key here. It's mm, a good question. I think we have to keep tallying the numbers, right? Because we're competing against other podcasts that have all this longevity that we're quite frankly going to catch up to in like year three but <laughs> i think we've already lapped quite a few of them so i think yeah. you're right i think we have to yeah. we have to show our, our strength in numbers and it's got to be the bigger number i think you're i, right. I want to do episode 1000 like that's All what right. i want <laughs> yeah 
Uh, you, you'll have to calculate out and see if it lands on a Friday. Uh, okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> but but just uh, you know to reiterate a colossal thank you to Andy. Number one, he is the one that made the suggestion that Kyle and I be co-hosts, and um, what a great fit that it has been. In fact, Kyle, who has never been to Lambeau Field, is Don't actually me out like going. That. <laughs> is actually going to be coming to a game with me later this year. Nice. So you're, you're you're like a matchmaker on it's top true. of everything it's else true. that you do, Andy. Of, um, all the, of all the things with the podcast that are so incredibly insane to me, one of the craziest things is how all the teams came together because there was there was almost zero science to it. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of just like like pairing off like awkward couples at a dance. Like, yeah. hey, but no, there. There, there were certainly certain personalities that I thought would fit well together just based on, you know, some of the initial interview processes. But and, and there's been a couple teams that we've tweaked super minorly through, you know, through the course of the, the first season. But the fact that all of these teams came along so well and, and, and just clicked uh, is, is the most insane aspect of this to me, because I feel like all the teams work really, really well together. And, and it could have went in a variety of different directions. And I'm super pumped with the way that it went together, especially with you guys uh, and how you guys work together on Fridays. Yeah, well, I, another another big thank you to you. Um, it, the listeners, I was going to bring this up at the beginning of the show, but Andy is broadcasting live from the Lambeau Field parking lot right now <laughs> to be with us. So, like, thank you for making that sacrifice and how apropos of, uh, you know, the kickoff and training camp that you're sitting in the parking lot at Lambeau. Um, but please, you know, get some sleep. It has been an insane day for you, and I am relying on your coverage of the practices tomorrow to get me through another workday. Um, and a huge apology to our listeners for the sound quality for the first half of the show <laughs> because selfish Kyle forgot to turn his air conditioner off. Oh my God. So you might have heard some buzzing in the background. And if you're not willing to get heat stroke, you need to get off the show, Kyle. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry, everybody. I was right. hoping so we could blame it on of, uh, the sound of Kyle staying cool. Uh, you know, I right. <laughs> mad about that. I was hoping we could blame it on you being in a car, but I'm pretty sure your sound quality is going to be better than mine. So <laughs> my my fault, everybody. <laughs> welcome, I, I had, welcome to season two. <laughs> I had to get the dig in while I could. Yeah, but, there you go. but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack of Day podcast. Certainly go out and find Andy on Twitter at Scani Sports. Kyle is at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. And remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast. That's a lot of assignments for today. Uh, <laughs> please, please subscribe and rate the podcast if you like what we're doing. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Jake and Mark, who are going to be bringing you the latest from training camp. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday for the entirety of Season 2. Next week, we'll be back with more training camp evaluation. But two weeks from today, that is right, two weeks from today... We are going to be breaking down the Packers' first preseason game against the Houston Texans. It is here. So thanks for listening, and as always, remember...
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.